The Scream Kings are in no way responsible for any encounters with the paranormal, extraterrestrial abductions, eldritch insanity, hauntings, curses, hexes, demonic possessions, cryptozoological sightings, or any loss of sleep that results from listening to this podcast. This is the Scream Kings Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Darkish. And this is Max George. Oh, hi ho officer. We have had a doozy of a day. There we were, minding our own business, just doing chores around the house, when kids started killing themselves all over my podcast. I love how you gradually started in your normal accent and then turned into a hillbilly accent. I mean, I had to commit <laughs> at least a little bit. I think we better do this entire episode with a hillbilly accent, don't I you mean, reckon? <laughs> well, those of us that can do it, yes. I've lived oh, in the this South, is gonna be... and that was real bad. <laughs> My accent or living in the South, Nathaniel? Why not both? Everyone, this is going to be quite a fun episode. If you haven't guessed, we're talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and there's going to be so many giggles, I feel like, on this episode. This movie is wonderful. Yeah, and, and I don't know that we have... Uh, much preamble. Let's just jump on into this great movie. No! We got your friend! They captured Allison! Oh! It's the pancakes! You hate pancakes! I'm, I'm gonna make you something else! So, Tucker and Dale came out in 2011, directed by Eli Craig. The writers were Eli Craig and Morgan Jurgensen. It's a very, like, classic horror comedy. When you think of horror comedy, this is one of the top ones that kind of comes to mind for me, at least. Oh, yeah. Essentially, simple plot overview. You have Tucker and Dale, who are very stereotypical hillbillies, and we'll kind of get into that later. They just want to go spend a little vacation together in this little cabin that Tucker inherited or bought. I can't remember 100%. (laughs) He, he bought, they, 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 they just bought their vacation house, and they're just fixing it up, because it's a, it's a little bit of a fixer-upper. <laughs> just a little bit. And then, of course, hilarity ensues as a group of college kids also is vacationing in the same area, um, and some events happen where the college kids start to think Tucker and Dale are these psychopathic murderer hillbillies. And Tucker and Dale are just the sweetest, most innocent people, and accident keeps happening over accident, and there is a lot of blood and guts and gore, and it's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I guess the the main crux of the action really has to do with one of the college kids, Allison. Chad. No, 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 well, I'm I'm going to talk about Allison. I mean, we'll get to Chad in a minute. But but let let's talk about the the delightful college kid Allison. Uh, so so yeah, basically the kids are you know doing spring break stuff. They're gonna go skinny dipping or whatever. And Allison is climbing on a rock. She happens to see Tucker and Dale are just in the same pond going fishing. 
she she screams, they scream, she falls off the rock and just doesn't come up from the water. So they go save her and they're trying to say, Hey, we've got your friend, please like let's get her to help but they just yell, We got your friend and so then all the college kids run screaming away, Oh no, they have kidnapped Allison. And Allison, you know, quickly learns that, that she uh, had had totally misjudged these guys and but very quickly all of her friends begin uh trying to attack Tucker and Dale and accidentally killing themselves all over the property. Well, they're just trying to convey, no, we have your friend, please, you know, and they start to think that these kids are uh, some sort of suicide pack that they want to get Allison, uh, you know, they want to kill her too, and then kill themselves all over the property for some crazy reason. And then we have Chad, who's kind of the antagonist of the whole thing. He's, you know, definitely encouraging these college kids to believe that Tucker and Dale are these evil sociopaths. But let's just say that Chad is both a his name and a great descriptor for him. Chad is kind of the male Karen. It's very apparent in this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's this terrible backstory about this horrible massacre within these woods about a bunch of hillbillies and... The big plot reveal is Chad is also a hillbilly by blood, and it's just very satirical, very funny. So let's just kind of jump into why this movie is so good, Nathaniel. What makes it so funny? Well, so what this movie does is it takes a very simple premise, and it just, like, injects it with, like, every single horror trope that, like, every, like, maniac in the woods, hillbillies in the woods... Uh, and also, like, every, like, spring break kids getting attacked by somebody, like, every trope from any one of those movies, it, it's going to be present in this in this film in a really interesting, funny, subversive way. And so, like, if you've seen any of those movies, or even if you just kind of are aware that that's a subgenre, you can enjoy this movie. You can yeah. watch this and, and laugh and, and realize, hey, they're, like, taking things that are horror tropes and they are just spinning them on their head, and you know now our heroes aren't the the college kids that are getting attacked. It is the you know alleged maniac, you know redneck hillbillies that are obviously pure evil. Yeah, I think what Tucker and Dale does best is it tells a story that we are also familiar with in the horror community, um, and it pulls in a lot of tropes from different horror movies themselves. At its core, I think this is a comedy movie um, Mm -hmm. through the lens of a horror film. And there are a ton of shout-outs to classic horror movies like Evil Dead. The cabin is very conspicuously this, you know, occultish, demonic-looking cabin. It's decorated in bones and this and that. And You have your final girl. And then, you know, Eli Craig flips it on its head and who we're assuming the antagonists are are actually the heroes and they're very likable heroes and and so it's this kind of fusion of satire and comedy through the horror genre that is just a hoot it's a ton of fun um the acting is superb especially by tucker and dale um i i can't get over how well they do it their their work yeah, I so I, I I've long been a fan of the actor who plays Tucker, Alan Tudyk. Like I I've been a big fan of him ever since I saw him in 
the TV show Firefly, but you know, he's done a ton of work for Disney, especially in the last few years for a lot of their animated movies. He's just a, a, a really fun, very engaging, very charismatic, silly actor who can really actually deliver some stuff with uh, great sincerity. But I think the person who steals the show is definitely Dale, uh, who is Tyler Labine. Uh, hopefully I pronounced his last name correctly, but like he was one uh, that I wasn't really as familiar with as, as an actor. You know, I guess he was in like Rise of the Planet of the Apes and and a few other movies, but you know, for the most part, he's kind of just you know a, a guy that I, I I hadn't seen anything else. But he was very, you know, like like very sincere, very kind hearted. Like like you wanted to be friends with Dale, especially like he he you know isn't necessarily like the the smartest guy around, but he knows lots of trivia. Like like they really fleshed out these two characters in a really interesting way. And I like that Allison is also very well fleshed out. You know, they're kind of our, our main three heroes. But then I love that the on the on the flip side, the the rest of the college kids, especially Chad, are really just these caricatures of people, um, which is exactly what the film needed. You know, I didn't need to care about them in in deep ways. They they were there to be absurd, especially Chad. The kid uh, who plays, or the yeah, the guy who plays uh, Chad, Jesse Moss, is like I, I cannot think of a better performance for that type of character because he is just so committed to being like the biggest douche alive. Yeah, even down to like the the cocky like collar being popped, but not only one collar. He's wearing two polo shirts, and both of the collars are popped like every nerd out there has been bullied by a chad like that (laughs) um and so this movie is relatable not only that way but then everyone knows a dale everyone knows a tucker you know they might be a little rough around the outside but they are the sweetest and kindest people that you know and so to throw all of those tropes into the horror genre really is a bit mind-boggling because it, it works so well and you, you don't only have the performances of the actors and actresses, but then the comedy on top of that, there are so many good one-liners, like our, our opening juxtaposed on top of all of this gruesome gore. They're delivering these comedic lines as they're covered in blood or holding up body parts or running away from a chainsaw. Like It just works so well. If you're looking for a good horror comedy, this show is on Netflix. Like, Watch it. It's so fun. Yeah, I I love this movie, and and I love that um it it really does commit to the the level of of violence and gore that you would expect out of stereotypical you know maniac hillbilly type horror movie, but it's all pretty much self inflicted. One of the best moments to me is the uh, wood chipper scene, uh, just because. Yep, yep that's you know, my we, favorite. <laughs> just because, yeah, we have. This college kid who's trying to sneak up behind Tucker and, you know, he's going to spear him or stab him or something. And he jumps at him as, and Tucker is like just, you know, doing chores. He's just loading stuff into a wood chipper uh, to help clear the, the property. And so he bends down just as this guy jumps at him and he just lands headfirst in the wood chipper. And so Tucker tries to save him, but... You know, there's no saving him, and so the, what he ends up pulling out with the help of Dale is just this kid's legs. And it's just, like, so gory, so 
like viscerally upsetting, but also so funny because it's just them. Are you okay, college kid? Like, like it's just like you know that that genuine shock of that kind of thing happening, and them trying to to. to do something to mitigate the situation, but at the end of the day, like, there's there's nothing they can do. This kid jumped headfirst into a wood chipper, and, and then, you know, other kids are accidentally spearing themselves, and, and you know, of course, there's, like, you know, the, the, the moments of, like, someone, like, spitting blood into someone's face, like, you know, inches away from their face and stuff like that, but it's, it's, it's all because they accidentally keep killing themselves all over the property. Yeah, and it, it takes, again, where you were talking a little earlier, Tucker and Dale are so lovable as the protagonists, and they encounter these scenes that would horrify and disturb anybody, and they approach it in a way that really makes you believe the, their innocence. Never once did I think, like, oh, this feels a little forced, or oh, that's a little fake. And I think that's because of everyone's performance in this film. It just feels natural that this is how they would react in these moments especially in like you know the wood chipper you're you're stunned and you're in awe and you're holding up these guys legs it's just it's so fun well and, and i love that that like yeah they're, they're always just so committed to every bit that you know they're holding these legs they're dragging it off somewhere just so they can find something to do with this and then the cops or the the local sheriff pulls up and and so like the the scene is just like shot in a way that's like kind of imitating a lot of the shots that you would see in a horror movie, you know in, in a typical horror movie like this where we we see the sheriff approaching but you know and, but the, it's shot between basically like we see like Tucker and Dale's legs and like them holding on to these like disembodied legs and 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 like one of them holds on to those legs for way too long like one of them drops it but then the other one is still just, like, holding on just awkwardly while they're trying to, like, talk their way out of this situation. Like, you know, that that's what where that line of the howdy-ho officer, you know, we've had a doozy of a day line comes from. And and I love that, that like, they, they really do try to explain things. And, and then, of course, the, the sheriff also accidentally gets killed. I love also that earlier on in the film, the sheriff, like pulls him over and gives him this ominous warning, like there's nothing but evil and the and pain in these woods. Like it's just like every stereotype gets shoved at you, but then like how things play out don't feel too forced. Like it's inherently ridiculous, but it doesn't ever cross the line where I'm like, well, I'm just like that. That was too far for me. Yeah, and I think. That is one of the best things that this movie does, is it takes these stereotypes that we're all very familiar with, and it kind of turns them on its head and tells us, you know, reevaluate this and make it funny. You know, hillbillies, everyone kind of has that stereotypical hillbillies are kind of these dumb morons and don't really know what they're doing. And then in this movie, it turns them into heroes. And yes, they're innocents and they might be a little dumb, but it allows us to kind of relate and cheer for them. And then also it does the same thing with the college kids, these frat boys who, you know, probably will one day or already own hedge funds and <clears throat> they're supposed to be successful. And, you know, and again, it turns them into the antagonists and really just fodder to be killed. And you're kind of like, wait, what? Uh, and then again, it does it with the sheriff of this, uh, you know, this is the law, this, 
this eminence that we're all supposed to respect and the movie kind of turns him almost into a villain as well because he's judging tucker and dale for being hillbillies and he ultimately has no power to save the day whatsoever and then allison like a cheerleader kind of trope who you know is a ditzy dumb blonde let's say ultimately is the most human of anybody because she can kind of see through the hillbillies and see who they are like just one after the other it's quite magnificent to see yeah and and i really like that you know at, at first glance yeah we we see allison also the the film sets us to judge allison as just this idiot as well of oh yeah well, she's just some dumb you know dumb pretty blonde and she has nothing to contribute but then you find out like no she's studying uh psychology she wants to be a therapist she actually tries to like help them through conflict resolution which is a hilarious scene i was just gonna say to be specific here uh, she's helping is it tucker and dale and then chad like they all sit down at the dinner table and try and resolve their differences over some tea oh it's classic yeah some chamomile tea well, no, no, it's not chamomile, but chamomile comes up as an important plot point later. Oh my gosh, you're right. Woo! But, but yeah, that, but I like that, that, you know, at first glance, like, we too, like, reduce her down to just the stereotype, which is kind of like the point of the film. Like, if, if there's, like, a positive theme to pull out, it's basically just, like, don't assume that people are just what they look like. You know, that, that, that and, and very quickly we get to see that Tucker and Dale aren't what we expect. But then we also, partway through the movie, learn that Allison is a lot more complicated and kind and, and worthwhile than, than what we first expect from her as well. And also, like, I like that we have that very human moment of her owning up to her, you know, kind of like, yeah, I'm sorry, Dale. I, I felt, you know, like, I, I, I instantly judged you when I first saw you, and, like, that was my bad. Like, you're a really nice guy, and I should have gotten to know you right away, but I didn't. Yeah, that was a mistake I made. Like, I, I like that we have that kind of very sincere moment in the film considering that 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 comes you know in the middle of all of the gruesome shenanigans that come around it well and on on top of that to give it another layer these two kind of have this romance going on like dale is when he first sees allison is very obviously attracted to her and she's a little leery but then it it breaks that down and Allison gets to know Dale and it turns into this very fluid feeling love story about how Dale is attracted to her and she starts to become attracted to him. And in other movies, I feel like that would feel very forced or contrived. And here, I think the performances of Allison and Dale and just their, their humanity and it's it's almost silly to kind of get philosophical with a whole comedy <laughs> such as this one, but the humanity of these two characters kind of experiencing what they're experiencing is really refreshing and feels very authentic. And I don't know, it just, it works really well. Yeah, yeah, it's one, it's something that works way better than it has any right to. Right, right. And it, again, it makes me chuckle because it is such a, a comedic movie. I mean, it's about hillbillies and, you know, a guy running into a wood chipper and someone dying of chamomile tea exposure. <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's delivering these poetic moments of, you know, we're all humans. Stop judging people by what they look like or how they act or who they are. You know, let's get to know one another. And there's power in that. And I feel like we need to make a shirt of, like, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. 
the humanist's point of view or, or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels awkward to, to pull such powerful meanings and, you know, emotions from such a silly, fun movie, which is testament to what kind of a movie it is. Yeah, yeah, well, because it, it, it isn't just a one-trick pony. And, like, interestingly enough, I'm just going to mention the other film that I've seen that, w- that came from uh, Eli Craig, which was, you know, kind of a, a similar vein uh, uh, of taking uh, a horror theme and then just kind of, you know, subverting it and making jokes out of it and stuff like that, which is the, the movie Little Evil, which is basically uh, a subversion of, the Omen and any other kind of Antichrist movie or things like that. And honestly, Little Evil did not work for me because it was just kind of, hey, let's take this idea and make fun of it. Uh, instead of actually like having a, a sincere element of, hey, I actually care about these characters. And, and I'm cheering for them and I'm cheering for them to be happy at the end of the day. So so yeah, like I think that that is what takes this movie and makes it work when the other, you know, other other film that that you know this same director tried to do the kind of the same, a similar thing with didn't work. So so yeah, like having these characters that we actually care about and having some like genuine themes that we can pull out from this movie actually make the humor work better because I I care around or I sorry I care enough to stick around for all of the jokes uh, and and it just kind of grounds the whole thing. I would agree with everything you just said there. Um, I haven't seen Little Evil, but because of what you've said, that's kind of where I haven't. To have that grounding in a horror comedy, I think, is very important. You look at other movies, and they they don't have that. Everyone is a trope. Everyone is just fodder. You know, like the scary movies. Yeah. For example, it, it's all satire. There's no poetry behind anything, and you know it's fun to watch if you're drunk but then it, it kind of loses its permanence and so again Tucker and Dale if you haven't seen this movie you're you're missing out it's a treat it will make you feel but it will also make you laugh a lot and from a horror standpoint too there's some great gory you know slasher type moments like the wood chipper i was going to ask you about your favorite death in the movie but i feel like this is it <laughs> So, so another thing I think that, that works in this movie is just that, like, how how things end up wrapping up. Because, you know, kind of one by one, most of these college kids have been picked off by themselves. And, but then, kind of at, at the, you know, high point, you know, the, this climactic moment of the film, Chad just decides to, that, that, you know, because Allison has, quote, gone a little hit or two hillbilly on him and, and has actually you know, started to develop feelings for Dale and all that kind of stuff. He just goes full villain mode. And so he basically kidnaps Allison, ties her up, of course, in, in a place that, you know, is just for chopping or, you know, for, for cutting up logs. And she gets tied up to a log that, you know, so, so, so she can be dramatically, like, you know, moved towards a, a spinning saw blade and all that kind of stuff. But I love that, like, this kind of stand-up and cheer moment is that, you know, Tucker has been also, you know, he, he's been kind of taken out of the picture. He's not dad, but he's, you know, severely wounded. And so now we get to see Dale become the full killer hillbilly to, to try to save save the girl, right? 
And so, you know, he puts on a, a welding mask and has a chainsaw and, and goes after Chad. But then ultimately, it is actually his smarts that allow them to, to win. Because, you know, there, it's just like a throwaway line earlier on, but Chad says, like, oh, is that chamomile tea? Because I can't have that. That It uh, Fs with my, with my asthma. And so then there just happens to be, like, chamomile there just at the... The place, of course, because, you know, they, they set that gun on the mantle and then they use it real quick. Yeah, it's not him fighting with the chainsaw or anything that saves the day. It's it's that ultimately, you know, Chad's coming at them and he just throws a bunch of chamomile in his face. And, and then that makes him fall backwards out of the building. But then also, I love that, you know, so so, so we have the, the action of that and then uh, then we have, like, you know, Tucker's in the hospital, and, and he gets some of his fingers back, but one of them is obviously not his finger, and that's hilarious, and and things like that. But but then there's also just, like, this, like, little throwaway thing that is just, like, him watching TV while he's kind of, you know, on pain meds out of his mind in the hospital. And it's just that, like, it, it mentions that, that the, the main antagonist basically was never found. That, like, his body, like, no body was found. So obviously he could still come back and you know be a a, a villain in, in the theoretical sequel, right? Like that even that trope gets played with, and I love that. Yeah, and even talking about it, like it, it, the whole chamomile experience I had as a con, but then after talking about the movie and going over everything, it makes sense weirdly enough, and it's funny because we have all of these gruesome deaths, and then the main villain doesn't get his gruesome death he dies from an allergy and uh, i don't know you just changed my mind nathaniel so congratulations and and i'll take it even one step further in that dale you know he he realizes or he he knows a bunch of trivia and that's kind of like one of his quirks Uh, and so he's like you know much more intelligent in in remembering crazy things than he is in in you know a lot of more book smarts he you know basically knows what makes people have allergic reactions to chamomile tea and so he actually sees yeah like like a powder or something it, it isn't even like that it's tea it's that there's a powder or something and so that's what makes him uh use it against chad he's like but it's okay he'll be fine uh, as long as you know we we can get him to a hospital fast enough oh oh no he fell out of the window and so so yeah it, it was that like he was also deceptively smart that like his you know, weird superpower isn't that he is a hillbilly. It's that he is actually much more intelligent and, you know, even if it isn't necessarily practical knowledge, it's, you know, that, that he does know a lot more than, than you would expect him to, to know as being a hillbilly. It's, again, taking that theme of, of subverting our expectations of, of who this person is. And so, yeah, what makes him win isn't that he's a big burly guy. It's that he is surprisingly smart so yeah so even that works very well because of that what are but but yeah let's let's move into cons though like what what are things that maybe didn't work as well there's a few things that kind of come to my mind and i know i've written them down if you are expecting this to be leaning towards more of the gore and the horror side of things you'll be a little bit disappointed this is a comedy film made for horror fans it's not that it is a comedy film that works if you aren't a horror fan I think otherwise you'll just be like, man, this is, like, too much. It, it would just feel so over the top if you aren't familiar with those tropes and, and familiar enough to, to appreciate, oh, this is what they're doing here. Ah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good point, Nathaniel. 
yeah, if you're coming to this expecting this to be kind of you know a, an even split between horror and comedy, yeah, you're not going to get be be as satisfied. But you have to be a horror person to I think enjoy this movie. And then also another thing that really kind of hits me is the pacing sometimes feels like it comes in and then it comes out. There are moments where kind of the action and the plot are very well-developed, I think, and then there are these kind of standalone moments where while it's still funny, I kind of start myself realizing like, oh, is let's move along, let's go back to the plot, let's keep the movie going. Uh, it wasn't so ubiquitous that I was annoyed. Um, but it did definitely feel like there were ups and there were downs. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there were definitely moments where, you know, maybe a, a scene of us kind of seeing Tucker and Dale's friendship uh, being developed goes on a little bit longer than it needed to, or that we get to see all these college kids talking to each other for maybe slightly longer than we needed to. But even that, but yeah, like, I, I would say as far as having pacing issues, it was a lot better than it did it again it has really any right to be because I, I feel like so many movies would show us those things for that much longer little evil it, it has that the, i was bored during like half of little evil well this movie can be pretty engaged throughout there are a few few lulls but as a whole that they were not as bad as that as they could have been by any so you have down that that you you can kind of watch it once and then you don't really necessarily need to rewatch it. Yeah, you you talked a little bit earlier about how this is one of those movies that you can just kind of put on and and watch and always be entertained. And I recently rewatched this and I get it, but I also I don't know, it's funny and I think it has longer rewatching capacity with friends. Watching it alone just kind of in my house. After seeing it, it was just kind of like, yeah, this is fun, but yeah, maybe I should watch something else, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will agree with you there. I, I feel like it's one of those ones that it's really fun to show to someone who hasn't seen it, especially Agreed. if they're a horror fan. It's really fun to watch with friends and make and, and laugh with the jokes together and stuff like that. But yeah, this one doesn't hold up as well in a solo watching it setting. I still, like, yeah, I, I rewatched it by myself, which is probably the only time I've ever actually watched it by myself, you know, to prep for this episode as well. And, like, I, I had a great time with it, but I didn't love it as much as I usually love it. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that this is one of those ones that it kind of relies on party energy of watching a movie for it to really work. Um, The other thing that kind of just bugged me, and it's kind of a silly thing to be bugged about, um, but at the very beginning, when the sheriff is pulling over Tucker and Dale, um, there's a lot of kind of gay references, gay humor being played here. And I know it's kind of a product of the times, but it felt like they were making fun of being gay. And as a queer individual, that was kind of like, eh, can can we be done with this? <laughs> um and within context of the movie, it made sense of what was happening. Um, but again, I think it's it's just an old joke that needs to be retired. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely is very 2010. I, I would say, you know, even in 2010, when that kind of joke was more acceptable, it really is like one of the like least funny jokes in the in the film, regardless. So like, I don't know. Yeah, it it was just 
it was just weak writing. It was just like, oh, hey, like, they're afraid of being seen as being gay or something, and it just, I don't know, it, dumb. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of is the same to me as, like, potty humor nowadays. Like, it just is very low-hanging fruit. And after, you know, talking through all of the good things related to the stereotypes that this movie does, seeing this, like, oh, all of these stereotypes, let's flip on their head, except the gay one. It was just a little lame. But anyway. But let's, but let's roll our eyes and, and yeah, move on. <laughs> so screams and crowns, Nathaniel, what do you give this? Okay, so screams-wise, I'm going to give it a two, just because, you know, it, there are some surprising moments, I'll say. But yeah, really, it's mostly just like, hey, uh, it's a two because I don't usually see this much gore in my comedy films. But it, it's not a scary movie by any stretch of the imagination. And I rated it the same. Um, I gave it a two. The, the only thing that would make this scary to someone, I believe, would be the gore. Other than yeah. that, it's 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 a comedy movie. <laughs> yeah, if if the uh, yeah, if you just can't stomach gore and and you find gore frightening, then yeah, you're gonna have a hard time with this one. But otherwise, it's it's not scary at all. As far as crowns go, uh, I kind of wanna. I started out rating this movie at like a six point five. And then as we talked about it and kind of remembered the great moments, I bumped it up to an eight. And I think that is kind of testament to one of the cons of this movie is, I don't know, there are a few movies out there that when you're talking about them with friends, you start to remember how actually funny they are. And this goes back to kind of the rewatchability of this movie. The more you talk about it and remember those funny slapping moments, you remember how good it actually is. So I gave it an eight. Yeah, I, I also give it a solid eight. Um, you know, again, yeah, like there are a couple of places where it, it could have been a little bit stronger. But as a whole, like this is one of my, my big go tos for, for horror comedy. You know, I would say it isn't like as successful uh, as something like uh, what we do in the shadows. But I really love this movie. I, I do watch it, you know, probably once every other year at least because I find someone that I can show it to. <laughs> I feel like we need some sort of bell or announcement or celebration when we have matching screaming crowns, Nathaniel. Yeah, that, like, never happens. <laughs> it's true. It's a magical moment. Yeah, six, 60 episodes in, and we, that's happened, like, three times. Yeah, so ring the scream alarm. Well, should we keep the, the humor train going? Because I have a real game for you. Well, I am two for two for this game, so bring it on! Let's see, well, we've done it three three times, uh, so, so you've gotten two out of three. Let, let, let's just be clear. Okay, I, I did okay. trick you once. Shush, shush. We're not remembering the fail. We're only remembering the wins. Yeah, we've only done it twice. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Okay, so the theme this time is The Farm. Oh, Our first film is from 2006. It is called Black Sheep. Not to be mistaken with the Black Sheep starring uh, Chris Farley and David Spade. Uh, this Black Sheep uh, has an overall rating of 5.8 out of 10. 
An experiment in genetic engineering turns harmless sheep into bloodthirsty killers that terrorize a sprawling New Zealand farm. And our review gives it an 8 out of 10 uh, and refers to it as sheer terror. Oh no. At first blush, it reads like an SNL skit that the writers decided to not use at the last minute. Really? A murderously genetically altered sheep? Or genetically altered sheep on a rampage? But it surprisingly works. Okay, then our second film from 2015 is Lamageddon. Oh, no. <laughs> no, don't even. No. If this is a movie, I need to see it. Uh, the overall rating <laughs> is 4.3 out of 10. And the description is a killer llama from outer space lands on Earth and brings death and destruction to everyone in its path. The review that I found gave it a 3 out of 10, and it says that it is awful, but hilariously awful. This is the best worst movie I've ever seen. I enjoy glob-awful horror movies, but this this takes the cake. The acting, the spaceship made of a horse trailer and ten sighting, the six-plus shirts that the black dude wears during one party. I can't tell if this is a parody or not, but thank you for the horrendous... Everything that brought me so much laughter. Let's not forget the multiple times that the actors clearly broke on screen. I cannot stop giggling about the fact of an apocalyptic llama. If you made this one up and there's not a real movie, I'm going to be furious. You haven't heard the last one yet, though. Because if you liked Llamageddon, get ready for... <laughs> Alpacalypse! Oh. No. Why is is this a horror subgenre that I just have not discovered yet? Like llama and alpaca themed horror? You know it. <laughs> and and at least one of those is real, if not both of these. Uh, that's oh the nature of this game. Um, God. So the overall rating for this one is four point one out of ten, and the description is on December twenty first, twenty twelve. The Mayan predicted end of the world occurs in a way that not even the ancients predicted. A plague of evil alpacas descend on human civilization after emerging from ancient Central American ruins. Uh, The review gave it a 4 out of 10. It said, look, it's not good, but they did make the killer alpacas look pretty decent, and they were more convincing than most of the actors. Okay, so uh, is is, is the movie that I invented Black Sheep? Lamageddon or Alpacalypse. Okay, I loved the description of Lamageddon so much that it is immune. Um, it has immunity for this competition. Okay, so that so one it has is between to be real. Ap- Apacalypse, Alpacalypse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or, or Black Sheep. I don't know if our listeners know, but back in the day, back in junior high and high school, I wanted to be a film director and I made all sorts of ridiculous films with my siblings and And and, one of them and our friends oh oh yes oh yes but one of those one of the very first ones was called black sheep so in honor of that black sheep has immunity um llamageddon has immunity i'm gonna have to go with alpacalypse (laughs) jesus i never i did not think today i would say the words llamageddon and alpacalypse Nathaniel. Well, you got it right! I did it. <gasps> oh, three for three! 
Three well, for three four. For Let's four. get it clear. We need to cut the bullshit and watch Lamageddon as soon as possible. Yes, though I do have to share a little tidbit about Black Sheep, which I haven't seen, but apparently some of our friends have seen. Apparently there is a a, a scene in which one of these genetically altered bloodthirsty killer sheep engages in fellatio with a farmer. Oh, of course. I just, just had to throw that out there, that that is a, a scene that you can see with your real eyes. Well, bestiality. But I definitely want to see Lamageddon as well. And I'm kind of sad that Alpacalypse is just an invention of my own brain because I kind of want to see that one too. I feel like it is a natural successor to Lamageddon. <laughs> oh, I did say that it was uh, earlier in terms of time because I had to tie it to the 2012 thing because it, of course I did. Oh, that was amazing. And All now right. I have purpose in life. Yes, so... See, I'm I'm turning you on to to these B movies uh because Lamageddon exists and so we must watch it. We we must watch Lamageddon. That is the one B movie I'll give you. And I Not think Velocipaster. I said that for the last I know. I was just going to say I said the same thing for Velocipaster, which we still need to watch. True. All right, well, Nathaniel, besides making hysterical movie parodies, how are you staying spooky? Uh, so I have been staying spooky just by uh, reading a, a bunch of horror books lately. The the one that I'm going to highlight right now is, is the one I'm currently reading, which is uh, an upcoming book by Josh Mailerman, who, among other things, wrote Bird Box. Uh, that's probably you know, his biggest success, of course. But the the book that uh, is, that I'm reading by him that is about to come out, uh, I got my hands on an advanced copy, is one called Goblin. Uh, which is six novellas set in like a, a town called Goblin, and it's just a lot of fun. Like, like it, it kind of takes on multiple types of horror. I would say it, it doesn't ever take itself ever too seriously, but it, it delivers uh, some some fun. It's some some creepy moments, things like that. I've been having a lot of fun with it, so uh, definitely worth checking out when it uh, comes out uh, in a, in a couple of months. So. Yeah, Goblin by Josh Mailerman. How about you? How have you been staying spooky? First and foremost, uh, we'll have an entire episode about the movie Saint Maud. Um, I don't want to say too much about it, but uh, Max loves that movie. I'm very uh, to be continued. But two other things that I've been doing: I started a new book by the one and only—I can't remember his name—all of a sudden, Adam Neville. Okay, um, it's called the. It's called The Reddening. If you guys have watched The Ritual on Netflix, that actually is a novel, as most movies, um, by Adam Neville, and it was a fantastic read until the end when it pooped the bed, as Nathaniel would say. But the movie um, did not poop the bed. Yeah, it's one of those rare instances where the movie is actually a little bit better than the book, in my opinion. However, um, he just released The Reddening. It came out in 2019, I guess, so not just released. Um, I'm just hearing about it, and it is about kind of a group of Neanderthals, kind of primitive people who have been living in the mountains for millennia, I guess, and they've kind of evolved into these kind of bloodthirsty killers, and a reporter, of course, goes to the city because all these people are mentioning seeing these monsters, and I'm not too far into it. It's not terribly scary at the moment, um, but it is intriguing. So I will report once I finish the book. 
Awesome. Yeah, I, I've read uh, a, a number of Adam Neville's books, and as a whole, I've, I've quite enjoyed them. Again, you know, I didn't love the end of the ritual, but I loved the rest of it. So I do have to say, I, I'm going to give a shout out to his book, Last Days, which is like about a cult. That one was real fun, had some real good creepy moments. I need to check that out. I sure love cults, as you know. Yep. Two other things that I want to mention. The first off is a little shout out to my kiddo. She is obsessed with these two movies on Disney Plus called Zombies and Zombies 2. It's essentially high school musical, but for this generation, but it also has zombies and werewolves. And I was just really proud of my child for embracing something (laughs) within the horror genre that also has some really catchy songs. The last thing is I've started listening to a really awesome podcast from one of my favorite actresses right now on TV. It's called True Crime and Cocktails. Um, It has Lauren Ash, and she plays Dina on Superstore. Uh, She commented on our Screen Kings Instagram a few days ago after I gave her a shout out. And I just, if you like true crime and you enjoy documentaries, check them out. They essentially are detectives. It's baffling how much research they do on these cases. And the additional information you learn on their episodes is really really impressive so again if you like true crime if you like horror documentaries check them out that's kind of their shtick uh they'll review an episode of unsolved mysteries or the night stalker on netflix and then they'll do a whole episode about it where they dive into what else happened and what the documentary didn't tell you that's awesome i'll definitely have to check that one out I was just going to say, also for our listeners, um, fans of Scream Kings, we have some really exciting and big stuff coming up, so definitely keep your eye on our social media pages. Um, We have some incredible people who are going to be guests. We're still trying to work out the calendar there. We have a really fun episode coming up all about exorcism, and if you know who I am, I'm very excited for that. And not just exorcism, exorcism from different religions and cultures around the world. That's right. We're not just talking our our normal Roman ritual Catholic exorcism. We are going to be talking about everything exorcism. It's going to be real cool. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. And then we also have a really big announcement, but we are not at liberty quite yet to tell you about that. But I do want to create the suspense and say definitely keep your eye on our show we've got some cool things coming up yes yeah we big things are happening with the show so it's a great time to to continue to listen it's a great time to be be uh you know hosting the show so i'm very excited to to see uh what the future has to hold i'm excited to roll this uh, some of the stuff out for you guys so just yeah, keep an eye out. We'll we'll be announcing stuff, uh, of course, on the show as well as on our social media very soon. And all of the stuff that we are talking about would not be possible without our incredible fans. Because of your guys' interaction with us and listening to the show, these exciting things that are forthcoming are because of you. So thank you for taking an hour out of your day to listen to two goofy friends talk about horror. That kind of wraps it up for, for this particular episode. Um, we, I guess we're, we're a little bit under our hour mark today, which is great, because we sometimes go over. So I guess to everyone out there, just have to say, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Need even more Scream Kings? Here's our obligatory shameless social media plug. 
follow us on Twitter or Instagram at ScreamKingsPod. You could also email us at ScreamKingsPodcast at gmail.com. Help us reach a wider audience of horror fans by leaving a review on iTunes or by sharing a link on social media. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash Scream Kings. Stay spooky.